Welcome to the North Group Podcast. At North Group, we are invited into organizations to influence leadership and organizational behavior. It is absolutely fascinating work. Today, we invite you into one of those conversations. Craig Sloniger and Roger North today on leadership development. Craig, you know, this term leadership development seems to be almost everywhere these mm. days. And then you've, you've heard me say this before when I went into business, you know, 25, 26 years ago, these terms weren't even, didn't even exist, let alone uh, that we would see them around every corner. We have a very distinct way, a proprietary way, I guess I would say, uh, of doing executive leadership development at North Group. But before we get into the details of that, uh, I'm looking at you and I'm saying, hey, you are a, you're a trained accountant. You're a you're a business guy. You're yeah. good with the numbers, yeah. uh, and yet you are now in a business that is more qualitative than quantitative. How do you think about that switch uh, for you, and how you put the benefits of being a, a consultant into play? Yeah, well, there's certainly room for both sides. It's not just one side or the other side. But one of the things that uh, I would say is my career has advanced, and I've been in business longer. You see the importance of the measurement side, but you see that as an outcome to the qualities that go into uh, more of the qualitative side. And so I see the qualitative side as being more a possibility of who somebody can become or what your business can become. And once you invest into something like that, the measurement side, the quantitative side uh, takes care of itself. So maybe we could put an analogy in, into play here. Uh, and you and I have talked about this before. At one point, you were a hot shot point guard <laughs> with a lethal three-point shot, from what I recall. So let's use basketball. Yeah. Because otherwise I might, yeah. you know, devolve into golf or something. Yeah. So let's use basketball. <laughs> so if you would use basketball as an analogy to basically what you just said, an outcome versus you know, how do we, how do we invest in people? How would you play that analogy out? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I do love basketball and I love playing, although I don't get to play as much as I used to. Um, I would say it this way, if, if my coach would have said, and I was a point guard in high school, cause I'm not very tall, but if he would have said, Craig, I want you to concentrate on assists. Mm -hmm. And I would only think that was the measurement. That was my role. Okay. I might pass up shots that I should be taking in order to get assists. Because you were playing to the metric? I was playing to the metric okay. and the metric only. When really what the team needs is for the point guard, Craig, we need you to lead the team. Mm -hmm. We need you to do those things that help the team do better, to win. And, uh, and if we concentrate on that part of it, then I would feel more comfortable as a point guard taking open shots, passing when I needed to mm -hmm. pass. And um, it would be more of running a team as mm. opposed to trying to achieve a metric. Mm -hmm. So then if you were progressing through the season, say, if we would go back a number of years when you were playing ball, um, and you would say to the coach, maybe you wouldn't have said it quite this way, but am I making progress, coach? How do I know I'm making progress? What, what would your coach's response likely have been after he had tell you, hey, I need you to run the team. I have a program here. We have plays here. Yeah. I need you to run that. What would he have said? Uh, I think he would have probably looked at how well the offense flowed. Okay. 
and how well the movement of the players and the communication was going on, if that was the approach. But at the same time, we would have also looked at the statistics. Mm -hmm. How many shots did I make? How many mm -hmm. points per game? How mm -hmm. many assists? And mm -hmm. all of that kind of comes together. But what good is a person to the team if he's only looking to pass the ball? It might be helpful in certain circumstances, but I don't think it's to the full benefit of the team if that's the only purpose that that player would have had. So if I would shift that back to the business environment, I think it's fairly common for prospect, I'm going to say prospective clients, people that you or I are in conversation with about how we can be helpful. Mm -hmm. And they've probably come to us with some sort of presenting issue, mm -hmm. which for us most often is some sort of transition that's going to go on in their business in the future. They have next generation leaders in the business. They have sons or daughters or nieces or nephews in the business. And they eventually get to the point where they believe that their development of those folks is probably not going to be adequate. Yes. And they ask us a question like, if I would invest in a leadership development process with North Group, what would it look like? And what would success look like? Yeah. How do you respond? You probably get some form of that question at some point. What kind of conversation do you have when you get that kind of question? Yeah, I think I think the word success is really important because I think if we first define what success is for each individual leader and for the company as a whole, it helps us define what leadership development progress is going to look like along the way. So if... Um, Success is defined that, boy, I'd really like to see this next generation leader mm -hmm. participate more with confidence mm -hmm. and with hope mm -hmm. in meetings, mm -hmm. then that can be, that is maybe quantitative if you keep track of how many times they're mm -hmm. participating, but it's also qualitative mm -hmm. in that it's advancing the group mm -hmm. because somebody else is is participating in, in um in a helpful manner. And a lot of times the people that we're helping are also responsible for another group of people, a, a yeah. team, a department, yeah. a location, uh, a territory. Uh, what would be a, a way of defining success with the group of people that, let's talk about maybe a I don't know, a 30-year-old next-generation person in a thriving business who's given their first opportunity to oversee a, a service department. Mm -hmm. What would success look like there? For instance, you've got a business owner, a client of yours, he comes to you, Craig, I'm thinking about investing in Joe or in Sally, and I've just given them the responsibility of the service department. What, how would you go about helping Joe or Sally? Yeah, I, I um, would really tell them the if they're in a leadership position to really concentrate on employee engagement. Okay. I think that's just- Why? Why? Why do you think that's so important? I think it's really important because, well, from a practical standpoint right now, we're at a really low uh, unemployment rate. So employee retention is extremely important. So if they're motivating employees, if they're creating a culture and an atmosphere that wants people to be a part of this organization, the retention rate should also be good. It's not going to be perfect, mm -hmm. but it should be better than what it was. Uh, there's other things. How many times are people calling off sick? Mm. 
how many times are, uh, is there good participation in team meetings? Mm-hmm. Um, are people actively involved? All of these things are seen as more soft skills, mm-hmm. but they're really important. And if you're really hitting your marks in these areas, I'm just really confident the measurement side, if we measure sales, if we measure production units, that also is going to be coming through too. So at some point they turn into metrics. Yeah. Let's just not be premature with the metrics. That's right. Is that a fair way to put it? Yeah. It's like playing the basketball game and just staring at the scoreboard. Yeah. You're not, you're, it's really about the fundamentals of yeah. how you do the game. Yeah. It's not just staring at the scoreboard at the end. I think you've probably had this experience too, uh, but I'm reflecting back on experience I had obviously more than a decade ago. But I had a responsibility where uh, the organization, part of the organization functioned with a call center. Uh-huh. And it was so interesting because with a call center, you had a ton of metrics yeah. because you had a, a phone system and this would you know, feedback the number of calls an, an agent could handle. The, you know, what those inquiries were about, whether they led to a sale, how long the conversation went on, whether there were callbacks, whether there were returns, all these sorts of things. But what I found uh, most fascinating uh, in that environment, and I wondered what you thought about this, is even with all those measurements, the managers and supervisors of that call center spent most of their time listening in on calls. Yeah, yeah. Why do you think that was? Well, um, you're saying the managers were listening in on yeah, calls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. they were recorded calls or maybe they were live calls. And probably just to see how the soft skills were being done, how they were handling the customer. Why do we care? Because we want to engage them in a, in a real vulnerable uh, relationship mm-hmm. way. It's happening in retail all the time. You put goals out there for... Um, you know, customer service people on the retail floor, and they know they can reach those goals simply by interacting with the customers. If they stay behind the cash register, probably not going to hit it. Mm-hmm. But if you get out on the floor and you interact with them, um, you're going to hit your sales goals at that point. On the flip side, and this is probably a little bit of a tangent, <laughs> but you'll you'll like this. Uh, my wife, you know my wife, she's, yeah. a, she's a person that likes to get things done. Sure. So, Grocery shopping for her is, I think she enjoys it on some level, but basically it's something she needs to get done. So there's a particular store that she enjoys, likes to go to, and she's told me on numerous occasions that there is a line, a checkout line that she avoids. And Mm. I say, why do you avoid that person's checkout line? She said, oh, it just takes too long. I said, what do you mean it takes Uh too long? She says, oh, well, the person is so talkative and is talking about things that I actually am not interested in, that it slows me down and I don't even know how to handle it. And my checkout process is longer than it should be. And I was thinking, wow, that is so interesting on the other side of the equation because there is a degree at which I would enjoy... Um, being checked out, if you will, by a person who was doing both things, being efficient with the point of sale yeah. and being engaging with the customer. Yeah. But at one point, you could fall one side or the other side off of that equation, and that's a developmental opportunity. It, it is. And I think for the role of the cashier, they are to be efficient, for uh, friendly, but efficient. The role of the person on the floor, so think of going to a hardware store mm-hmm. and you need to find something... Um, 
the first thing I do is I look around for the for an employee yeah. to help me, to give me some advice. And if I can't, I get frustrated and I easily could leave yeah. with either the wrong product or nothing at all because I'm frustrated. Now, if there is somebody helping me and telling me exactly what to do, yeah. I'll probably take yeah. his advice and get whatever thing he recommends to me. There's probably uh, lots of people we could put into this. I'm going to put in a quick plug here, man. If you go to Bomberger's yes. store and let us for hardware, if you go to Stauffer's of Kissel Hill Huge for difference. your groceries, and you, any person in that store will walk you directly to the item. It could be a yeah. $0.99 cent item, and they will walk you directly there and stay with you till you make the choice. And Hey, I don't know how that pays off, but that's that's something that they're obviously coached to do, mm -hmm. developed to do, mm -hmm. uh, and I would guess that there's metrics on the other end that say that that pay off for that for that business. That's right. And so then we come back to leadership development yes. again. And if we take those same principles of how we engage, how we're vulnerable with our teams, how we lead them, and really care about them. That's all leadership development, and it should give confidence to everyone on the team in doing their job and their role to the best ability they can, and to show up more often than they would otherwise. Now, there's there's leadership development going on all over the place, or at least that's the phrase that's mm -hmm. applied to things that are going on in churches, nonprofit organizations, businesses, families, sports teams, etc. But we have a particular belief about that and a particular three-point model yeah. for doing that. Do you want to walk us quickly through the three-point model and, and, and why we think it's particularly effective, particularly in developing um, that engaged, vibrant culture that you're talking about, that leaders need to lead, and then results in higher uh, retention and better recruitment? Yeah, I, I would love to. You know, when somebody comes for one-on-one um, -on -one coaching or executive development with one of us, the first thing we probably do is start with the well-being side of Hey, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. How is your family? How how do you feel like you're interacting with other people, both personally and professionally? Are you healthy in the different areas of life, going beyond just their leadership in the business? That's right. Physical, spiritual, mental, emotional, those that, things. That's right. Because yeah. many times we believe we can compartmentalize things and and separate our well-being with our role, and we know we can't do that, or we can't do it effectively. And so if we're not well personally, we're going to have a hard time leading other people at that time. The second piece is accountability. And it's something we talk about all the time. The higher you move up into an organization, the less accountability you have. And so what we often do is try to provide that accountability. We care about them, their well-being. And secondly, we want to provide accountability. So if somebody tells me, you know what? I really need to have a conversation with some somebody about their behavior. Mm -hmm. They can be assured the next time we meet, <laughs> I'm going to ask, them, ask them, hey, did you talk to so-and-so yeah. about their behavior? Mm -hmm. And then we'll have a conversation about how that went or if they didn't do that and why didn't they do that. Mm -hmm. Again, all of this brings both self-awareness and confidence as they move into uh, other conversations down the road. And then the third item is development. And we all need development. It's, it's a never ending quest for, for all of us. And we do that through reading books together, um, doing short exercises, again, on self-awareness. Mm -hmm. self mm -hmm. um, and it's just providing an outside uh, instrument tool to help us know how we can get better. And that last piece in particular that we, we use the WAD model to recap yeah. what you just said, well-being, 
accountability, and development. That last part brings me right back to our mission statement here at North Group. Mm -hmm. uh, we help leaders and organizations grow toward their highest potential. And, you know, I just see that as one of the great privileges that still gets me out of bed in the morning. Yeah. And from time to time, it's still goosebumps or raises the hair on my arms or whatever it might be. When you hit a point in a conversation with a leader that you know is going to make a difference, not only in their life, but probably in the life of their family and most definitely in the life of the people to whom they report. And when you're, when you're developing people in that way, you can be assured that the scoreboard is going to continue to light up. Yeah. And that's a rewarding thing as well. Yeah, well said. I love that idea of the highest potential because that's really, those people that are on a quest are really looking to reach that highest potential, uh, both personally and uh, professionally. And if you have those folks in your business, in your organization, and you probably do, give us a call. We can talk this through. <laughs>